the QB wide receiver hookup in the championship round. What will Adrian Peterson do in the desert for fantasy owners? And what NFC South receivers injury do you need to be watching this week? Plus, the leader in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship, Matthew Puskarich, drops in to share why he started Ed Dixon last week. Whether Will Fuller can keep his value up and much more, we've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burn towns and villages. Burning looting and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that killer. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away I don't work for free and I'm barely giving up away Hotel begging Johnny and mommy to get the away Yo, here's a gun, son, now run, get it to gut away Live to shoot another day Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com right here in the uh, beautiful studios in Northeast Wisconsin. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saints of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, coming at you on a special Wednesday night episode. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up on tonight's show, what should you be doing with the high Brita timeshare? How serious is Travis Kelsey's concussion and the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship leader? Matthew Piscarich talks about Christian McCaffrey's potential breakout game, fantasy values for Kevin Hogan to throw to in Cleveland, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at Hour at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak. Matthew Piscarich is on Twitter at Pusky28. That's P-O-O-S-K-I-2-8. You can post on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash HSFFR. And if you want to give us a call, the number is 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is the email address to reach us. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to get them to us. Our producer, mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, working very hard on a Wednesday night uh, to get those questions to us. Piping hot in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. A bit of housekeeping. Normally, I'm talking to you on Fridays, and I say, hey, did you check out the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown? Well, you can't check it out yet this week because it hasn't come out yet. But tomorrow morning, rotoviz.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes, blogtalkradio.com slash rotoviz. You can check out the new High Stakes Lowdown coming out this week. Nelson Sousa and Darren Summer. Darren Summer, a guy who's won well over $250,000 playing High Stakes Fantasy Football. Great stuff in there. He talks about one of his High Stakes teams that really got hit hard with injuries, what he's doing on the waiver wire, how he's attacking that, as well as uh, some good Jets running back stuff on that one as well. So great stuff from Darren Summer. Check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Podcast. Dave Gerzak, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. How are you, Balky? Very excited to uh, be doing this on a Wednesday this week. Made for a little bit of a of a of a hectic uh, process trying to get the slowdown ready as well as this show. But we got a great show. I'm excited for it. You're and, such a uh, professional. I'm sure you did very well. I'm the opposite of a professional, my friend. Handling it. 
And I'm about to show you why. I want to bring in tonight's guest right away here, ladies and gentlemen. He started playing high-stakes fantasy football season-long seven years ago when he was looking for an auction league. Couldn't find a format that he liked until he saw the FFPC. He uh, says for him, fantasy football is the best entertainment value he can get when looking at the cost of leagues split over a full 16-week season. He's won a few of his Football Guys Players Championship and Victory Point leagues in the past and last year. He defeated the overall Football Guys Players Championship team owned by Mike Kuzma in his league playoffs, but maybe 2017 is his year as he leads the 2017 FPC after five weeks of action. Please welcome into the show Mr. Matthew Paskarich. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Wednesday, Matthew. How you doing? And Matthew, are you there? Let me reach Matthew. Paging Matthew Puskarish. <laughs> All right. It's like that movie. Here's here's what I what, they, what movie? Where they go talking talking the radio through different uh, time periods. The father. Oh, the frequency. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Jesus Christ was in that. Jim Caviezel from yeah, uh, right. Passion of the Christ. That's right. So uh, who's the other guy? Uh, it was a much more famous actor. We should know this. Yeah, what's his name? He's in all those movies. Um, oh, uh, was it? No, it wasn't. Wasn't was it David Morse? No, no, it wasn't. Will him. Patton? No, it's a much stronger chin than uh, David Morse. Um, Who was it here? <laughs> God, I, how is this not on the opening page here? <laughs> on the Frequency Wikipedia page. Nobody saw this coming five minutes into the high stakes fantasy football hour. There he is, De- Quaid, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Quaid, right. Okay, what, yeah. and Quaid played his dad. No one gives a crap. Well, no one gives a crap. They do give a crap about our guest. Let's, let's, let's try to. Yes, exactly. Let's, Come on, are you on the CB radio? Ma- Matthew Piscard <laughs> calling us from 1956. Matthew, are you there? Nope. Still not there. Still not there. We're having some technical difficulties. I hope it's not one of those. Block talk radio. No, no, because last time this happened, um, people could still hear. You weren't here for this. You, we had a co host. Um, last time this happened, people could hear the guest, except for I couldn't. Right. I heard something. I heard something there too. What about those weird headphones you use sometimes? Uh, that that has nothing to do with it. Matthew, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to uh, to go ahead and uh, see if you can switch to a landline, and because this might be a cell phone right here, or if you got Skype, that would that would also work as well. Skype. Right? Yeah. Well, well, hopefully we'll try that. So Matthew, try uh, giving us a call. One thing I w- I should say at the at the top, this is Matthew Piscarich is leading the Football Guys Players Championship right now. But if for anybody who's looking at this in Blog Talk Radio or, or saw the promos, you saw two guys in the photo, and the other guy in that photo with Matthew, uh, off to his right, your left. Uh, is Randy Bear, who also had a lot of influence not only in drafting this team, but the lineup decisions, the waiver wire. Uh, he's been instrumental in this, integral, if you will, uh, into this as well. So we want to make sure that we give uh, Randy some props on the show tonight, uh, along with Matthew. Certainly being in first place out of 7,200 teams, Dave. It's pretty first crazy. First place, that is something else. Yeah. Um, and, and we're coming up on uh, an important part of the season, too, because now we're, we're sitting here with five games under our belts. A lot of data points out there, a lot of information. This is hump week. Uh, this is hump week because we're doing it on a Wednesday, right? Well, it's hump day, but then it's this hump is like hump week of the regular season. I'm going to go back to, uh, I'm gonna go back to, to the uh, blower here, as they say in the industry. Uh, do we have Matthew Piscarich on the line, paging Matthew? Uh, I'm hoping it's working now. You have, uh, you're, you're sounding great. crystal clear. Your, your voice is mellifluent. It, right. it's, it's excellent. Matthew. Let's start the damn interview. We, are, we already gave props <laughs> to, uh, to Randy. We already gave props to Randy on the show uh, about how, uh, what the role he's played in, in getting you into first place. Uh, but certainly it's got to feel pretty good when you look at that leaderboard and you see your team in first place right now after week five. 
Yeah, it definitely feels great. I know it's pretty early, but uh, anytime you're at the top of leaderboard, it looks good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, one of these days, Dave, I'm going to see it in my 12-team league. I'm going to be up at the top. Did you screenshot it and send it to, like, everyone at work? Yeah. Like, hey, dude, check this out, 7,200 teams. Uh, no, I didn't. I sent it to all my uh, home leagues, though. So they, they all know where I'm sitting there because I'm not doing too pretty in some of those. Yeah, well, you're uh, in, like, ninth place. Who cares? Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, trade, trade that in for, for this success right now. Matthew, we want to get into uh, to fantasy football talk before we do. Tell the listeners, uh, when you're not crushing the Football Guys Players Championship through five weeks of action, what you do for a living. Uh, yeah, I actually work in implementation at C.H. Robinson. It's a supply chain and logistics company. Um, and as exciting as that is, I also coach a high school lacrosse team. Now that's, that's cool. exciting. High school lacrosse. Yeah, Archer played lacrosse, Balky. Archer. Oh, yeah. from the show, Archer? Yeah, the show Archer. He's oh, okay. Guy. I always think of... Those are like uh, the stud guys. Yeah, those, those are the stud guys. I always think of uh, Oz Stryker from the American Pie series, who was a big lacrosse player. Was he? Yeah, that, that's sort of my era. That, that's what I think of when I think of lacrosse. So. <laughs> what does Matthew say about lacrosse? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I think it's definitely a growing sport, uh, but I, I, the reputation definitely kind of fits with that movie a little more than uh, what, it, what it's actually like. Ah, oh, there you go. I've never, I've never been, I've never played. <laughs> I, I never have. I just do. Do uh, some of your players ever get recruited for like lacrosse in college? You know, because it's a kind of uh, a, not a, a sport that's all over the place. Yeah, it's not everywhere. I'm, I'm here in Minneapolis, um, and we've had a couple players recruited. We have one um, that's starting at Ohio State, who played in the uh, national championship last year. They came up uh, a little short, but uh, I'm expecting some big things next year from them. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Very, very cool stuff. Like, like you're trying, you know, like I would always think that that's one of the back doors into the Ivy Leagues, like lacrosse or crew or rowing or whatever. Those. Anyway, let's talk about fantasy sports, fantasy football. You had a massive 214 weeks, 214 points score in week five, and you had Big Ed Dixon, 25 points, a big part of that. Uh, did you think that he would actually produce this monster week, or you just throw him in there and pray? Uh, I mean, it's a, probably more the latter there. I, I thought he had a good chance to get me in 10 or 15 points, but I, I didn't see the 25 points uh, coming for sure. I think it's interesting because if you look at your – and your team's obviously very strong. And maybe my math was wrong on this, Matthew, but I looked at your team and you had 214 for your starters and your bench. Uh, the 10 guys in your bench had a, sco- a total score of 10. Combined, those 10 players combined for nice. 10 points. Some injuries, some bye weeks, whatever. But I think when you're looking at – um, you're following your score. You're looking at um, the, the early games, and you're seeing Ed Dixon have like 130 yards receiving before the half, and all of a sudden he's putting up a 25. And then you're seeing Harrison Butker approach 30 points. You're having, I think you had the Jags defense going too, which obviously crushed it. When you're seeing those scores come up, you had to know that, hey, week five is a special week, man. I'm already in 35th place in the Football Guys Players Championship. I got a shot at taking off the, the overall lead. Tell us what, would, what it was like watching that score pile up. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. You know, going into week five, I thought that was going to be one of the rougher weeks. It's, you know, one of the two weeks that my team's really hurt by the, the bye week. So that's why that bench score was so low there. Um, but with each touchdown, you know, the 90-yarder from Fournette towards the end of the game there, um, you know, it definitely looks great. And I started watching that scoreboard towards the end of it for sure. Yeah, that's so exciting to see something like that. Let's uh, break down your draft here, Matthew. Well, not break it down, but just ask you a, a couple of, of points on it. You were the first team in this specific football guys league uh, to take a third running back. So you're the first team with three running backs. And it was your selection at 408, Leonard Fournette. It's been paying off big time for you, even including this past week, one of, one of the big main cogs in your 214 score. Had a huge run. Had, had the big, massive run late. It looks super fast. 
I mean, people, people don't realize this. Leonard Fournette weighs 330 pounds and still runs a 3940. Uh, Nobody yeah. understands that. It's just crazy. Very good. Um, no, but Leonard Fournette, you could have taken him, uh, you could have, you know, skipped Fournette there and taken a, your first tight end. You could have taken a second receiver there. What was it about Fournette that made him the selection for you there at the uh, 408? Yeah, and I know you guys said you already gave gave credit to Randy here who helps me with a handful of my teams, but um, he actually told me before our third round pick that uh, I should really go with him there. He's a guy who, you know, gets all the work. He's not going to get vaulted by the goal line. Um, and not very often do you see a running back draft in the top five. So you know how much the team liked him in there. So uh, I was smart enough to take Lamar Miller in the third instead. And then when Fournette fell to the fourth, uh, it was really a, a pretty easy choice for us, even though we already had two of those running backs. Yeah, Dave, Leonard Fournette, when we were doing those live events in Vegas, we didn't really see him go at the middle, mid to late fourth out there, I feel like. I, that, that's really good value for Fournette this year. It is. I thought he, he was one of the first guys going. Even when he fell just a little bit, he was still going in the mid-third, I thought. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny? Do you remember on this show, I think this was late July. No, nah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like mid to late July. I was like talking up Leonard Fournette, and you kind of like just off the cuff said, Balky, it sounds like – you actually might be drinking the Fournette Kool-Aid or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I think I am. And you know how many leagues I got Fournette in this year? Exactly 0.0. So frustrating. So annoying. And it's one of those things. And, and, And Matthew, I'll let you talk about this a little bit regarding Fournette. We've talked about this on the show too. It's bizarre to see a team that, uh, really has no threats on offense other than Fournette. Mercedes Lewis, Hearns, uh, Marquise Lee, none of these guys really scare you all that much. Blake Bortles does the opposite of, of scare you. He scares the coaching staff. He scares his own coaching staff. Right. He, he's, you know, the, the opposing coaches want to roll out the red carpet for him, have him over for dinner because they know it's going to be a great week, game planning for him. It scares the salary cap it, guy. It totally does. It is so bizarre to see Fournette, Matthew, succeed on an offense where really he's the only guy the opposing defense has to stop. How is he doing it? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think a lot of the credit you just got to give to the the offense line up front, and then and then the defense has been playing so well this year. They're putting him in spots where you know if it's this defense from two years ago or so, and they're giving up all those points in the first half, then he's probably not as involved. So um, I'm pretty glad I got the Jacksonville defense on the team too. And as long as they keep playing well, I think that's going to really lend a help out for net the rest of the year. That's always a good pair, Dave. Starting running back, dominant defense on your same team. I think that the way the Jaguars went about rebuilding their team by going with that money ball type approach, they've done an excellent job on offense, except for Bortles. I mean, with, and then on defense overall, I mean, so they've done a great job evaluating talent with the sole exception of Bortles not doing all right. that well. Uh, they pick up Fournette. I mean, this, this team, if they had, if they had the quarterback. Yeah. Well, it's a, how, how many times are we saying that about the Texans? They had the right. running game. They had the receivers. Yeah. They, they had the defense. They just needed the quarterback. Now they have the quarterback. Look at what they're doing. It's crazy. And now J.J. Watt. And now, yeah, well, that's unfortunate. All right, let's talk about some cooler teams like the Atlanta Falcons. You have Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. You drafted both those guys. Are you looking for the hookup in this, uh, in this particular instance? And uh, are you afraid of Julio uh, having his consummate week 14 to 16 injury that I always predict? You know, I was a little worried, um, but if you take a look at the Falcons' schedule, they actually get the Saints twice in Week 14 through 16. So anytime you can see Yahoo. the Saints uh, twice in the schedule, you uh, absolutely go for that. Let's say Yahoo, you say Sanu. You need to have him on your no, team. No, come on. Whatever. You need a, just an extra guy. First of all, Sanu's probably owned. I don't think he's out there. <laughs> you know, and, like, I don't know if you really – That is pretty amazing, though, Saints – 
Saints twice. I feel like that happened with some some other team had the Saints twice. Maybe not. It wasn't this past year. It was the year before. And I remember a lot of people, like a lot of the pundits, Dave, the draft pundits, talking about like, oh, you got to get this, you know, load up on these guys because they got the Saints in week 14. And then they, I think it was the Buccaneers, actually. I think right. that's what it was. It might have been Jameis Winston's rookie year. Sure. It, the Buccaneers had the Saints in week 14. And then they turned around and they played them again in week 16. It was crazy how that worked How'd out. How did it go? Uh, I don't remember, Dave. I, uh, well, let's move on, and I'll uh, have to look it up. Well, you research just, guys just tell Rob up. to do that. We're uh, talking our guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Matthew Piscarge, the leader in the Football Guys Players Championship here as we head into week six. Let's talk about Will Fuller, Matthew, because he has been a mainstay in the end zone basically since he recovered from this uh, broken collarbone. Four touchdowns in the last two weeks. Certainly, he's not going to score 26 touchdowns, or at least I don't think he's going to score 26 touchdowns this year. But can he finish as a top 30 receiver catching balls from Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I definitely think he can. Um, If you're going to say, will he, I'm going to say no. I'll I'll say he's probably going to be outside the top 30 uh, for the rest of the year. But he seems to be the type of player who's going to get, you know, three or four more top 10 weeks, and it'll just be kind of uh, on the people who own him here to make sure they know when to start him uh, and look for those good spots where they might put up a handful of points. Has it just been a perfect storm for him? Um, you know, he's, he caught the one long touchdown, but I always thought of him more as like a um, more of a deep threat guy. He, he runs pretty good routes. He, he runs a lot of the routes on the routes here. I've just always, uh, you know, thought of him as more of a deep guy. But he's getting in the end zone, man. He's getting these touchdowns that, that are, you know, not 80-yard bombs. I mean, they're like – you know, 15 yards out and, and, and 10 yards out and five yards out. He had the one long one, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we might overvalue him right now uh, for fantasy because of the touchdowns, but he's certainly got the tools. And you got to like Deshaun Watson in Houston, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's playing great. I think on a couple of those touchdowns he had, you know, he wasn't the first look. So, I mean, that's credit to Watson being able to look around and get to his second or third read. Uh, but Fuller, I mean, if there was trading allowed in these leagues, he'd absolutely be on the block for me. I think he's going to be a good player to kind of plug and play when you have some bye weeks, uh, but I wouldn't trust him, you know, going forward every week. That's really going to go, I mean, Hopkins is the main guy there. If there's one player, Dave, in the Blake Carrington Dynasty League that has been shopped around most, it's probably Martavis Bryant, and that's probably because of me. If there's the second player that you want to add to that list that is the most shopped player, the most talked about player, the second most, it's Will Fuller. Two Packer cannot stop trying to trade Will Fuller in Dynasty. Uh, every week that Will Fuller catches two touchdowns, Martavis Bryant has, you know, two targets. He lets me know about it. He talks about it. He does talk about it quite a bit. Will Fuller is, a, is certainly a guy that you should be, uh, for Dynasty, where you, where you can trade, certainly a guy that you need to be uh, putting on the block right now. I'll tell you what surprises me about Fuller. He, he, he has this fresh quarterback in Watson, who's a rookie, by the way, obviously. No. He misses the basically in the entire preseason or most of the preseason. Right. He misses the first um, three weeks of the season. Comes in and they're boom, boom, boom. They are right in sync right away. That that never happens. This could be a special connection. It could be. That's All right. very interesting. Go ahead. Oh, just real quick to go back to the Tampa Bay. Uh, that that was last year. Oh, it was last year. It was a uh, week fourteen. Oh, the years are running together for and me, Dave. Team, and it was a it was a huge game. Tampa Bay. Uh, the game final score was sixteen to eleven in week fourteen. Massive. Uh, Mike Evans finished with four for forty two. Mm-hmm. Winston had one hundred eighty four yards and no touchdowns. And Drew Brees had two hundred fifty seven yards and none, uh, no touchdowns. This is week fourteen. Week fourteen. Okay. Week sixteen. Uh, the score was twenty four to thirty one, and uh, the NFL dot com link didn't work. <laughs> So thanks a lot for nothing. You that fly-by-night organization. Yeah, so, you, know, you can't get a game center update anymore. 
But oddly enough, week uh, 15 for the Saints, they uh, they beat the Cardinals 48 to 41. So Breeze had 400 yards and four touchdowns. Just crushed it. And uh, Brandon Cooks now on the Patriots had a huge game as well. Mm, anyway, fascinating. Well, good research there by Rob slash you. Yeah, that was great. Anyway, let's uh, talk about the waiver deadline tonight. Uh, who'd you go for tonight, Matthew? Anybody good? And did you have a lot of money to to throw around or what? Yeah, so I actually had my full budget going into last weekend. Uh, used it quite a bit on uh, you know Fuller. Um, a couple other guys, and so I had about $600 left, and uh, in our league, actually, Matt Forte was sitting on um, the waiver wire, so I went after him because uh, week eight, I'm going to be struggling at running back with a couple of buys, so I put in a pretty big offer on him, hoping to see if I get him here. Yeah, Forte is interesting, too, because Bilal Powell uh, missed practice today, Dave. You look at what the, well, I mean, we can can talk about this in a little bit, but you look at what the Jets' running game could be this weekend it might be the matt forte and uh elijah mcguire show and and think the question about, is which one is it? or maybe it's both um I, i'd be interested i should look this up hold on i mean i want to get the total on this game because the patriots defense has been horrid and that's a total of 47 and a half and granted the patriots oh. are a nine point favorite but they are the jets are at home forte and and um uh, mcguire both could be heavily involved in in catching passes too so they both present interesting uh, start-sit questions this week. And, and, the, and the Jets are 3-2, and two, right? Yeah, they have a winning record. Man, that's amazing. The same record as the New England Patriots. <laughs> I wonder if the executive who binged and purged the entire roster is like, every time they get a W, they're all pissed off. Like, God, yeah. stop winning! Yeah, um, the, are you talking about the, um, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, obviously, yeah, they're yeah. supposedly going to you know, try and get number one pick or whatever. Yeah, they still might. There's a lot of football left to be played. It tells me that some team in New York is going to have the number one pick. Yeah, that's really annoying. Uh, Matthew Piscarich is our guest tonight. Football Guys Players Championship Week 5 leader as we head in to football starting tomorrow. Panthers-Eagles is going to be a great game. Uh, before we uh, talk about those two great teams, let's talk about a team that's not necessarily as great. Duke Johnson is really the only Cleveland Brown that's been making a difference uh, so far this season, Matthew. Is there anyone else worth owning uh, for the Browns, you know, well, now, someone. now that they have made the switch from Deshaun Kaiser to Kevin Hogan, I don't want you to say anything yet, Dave. I'll wait. I want, he's done. Matthew, go ahead. Is there anybody else besides Duke Johnson that's worth owning here? Yeah, I mean, with with the deep rosters, maybe hold on to Crowell if you want to. Uh, but really, the, the main guy outside of Duke Johnson is uh, Corey Coleman that I would just have sitting on my bench waiting towards the end of the year. Um, outside of that, I, I'm going to say no. I mean, I dropped. Uh, in Joku last week to pick up Ed Dixon, so that kind of you know shows you how high I view the rest of the guys there. And that was a sharky move. That was very sharky. Uh, I'll say this: and Joku did catch a touchdown, but Dixon caught everything else. Yeah, and Joku's been getting like two to three targets every week, but he seems to catch a touchdown yeah. like every week or yeah. every week. Who was your Cleveland Brown? Dave? No, this is mostly for Dynasty. Right. But I'm back. I'm back on Josh Gordon, baby. Oh God. He is coming back. He's going to get suspended for four okay. more games, but he's going to out of rehab. They just did that 13 minute segment on ESPN. We're uninterrupted. Listen, you listen. should look at it. I know. I know. Listen, I don't want to get. Even talk about how much he likes Roger Goodell. Right. Okay. I don't want to get into this now because <laughs> this is actually we do have a section oh, of the right. show we'll dedicated to this already. All right. Great. Um, hey, let me ask you this, Matthew. As long as we have you on, Josh Gordon, is he going to make it on any of your redraft rosters uh, this year? Hell, I hope not. <laughs> no, I mean, for, for these teams, I don't think I'll be picking them up. It's just, uh, you know, I, I like the depth that I've got, uh, and, I, and I, don't, I won't be picking them up. But I, I want to see something first. He's, I've picked him up a few times before, and it hasn't worked out for me. So uh, I want to see it one time first. I, I was looking – this is I was going to look at picking him up, but Balky, they're saying that he's going to be getting a four – he violated the thing again. Right. So he's probably going to get a four-game suspension even before being reinstated. So if they say, okay, you know – He's been through like 100 days of rehab or whatever. It looks like he's clean. He's finally got to get, took this seriously. 
He still has four more games after that. So, yeah. I mean, this is really more like a 2018 thing. I would say a minimum of four. <laughs> Whatever. Minimum. Minimum, Dave. Minimum of four <laughs> games. I think it's going to be more than that. He's only 26, though. He's younger than Tyler Eifert. That is true. And uh, his back is in a lot better shape too. He's also 15 years younger than Kelvin Benjamin, which catches a lot of people <laughs> off guard too. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, our next question for uh, Matthew here. All right. You know what? I'm, I crossed off most of the questions. Hold on, dude. Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, it's about Wendell Smallwood <laughs> and his injury. All right. So Wendell Smallwood's injury. Uh, is there any clarity with the Eagles' backs between Legarrette Blount, Corey Clement, Clement? Clement. Yeah, Clement. And uh, Kenyon Barr that you want to keep on your roster? There's not a ton of clarity. I think Blunt really has that short yardage uh, role locked down. So if they can keep scoring like they did last week, then he's a guy you'll want to think about playing when they're in good matchups. Um, other than that, I don't think uh, either of those guys are in enough snaps or touches to kind of do what Smallwood was doing for them. They're just gonna. I, to me, it just seems like they're going to kind of split this three ways, and Barner might not even get uh, you know his 10 to 15 snaps a game. If he got more, he'd be a little interesting with uh, how explosive he is, but I think he's just uh, a little more of a role player in that offense. Yeah, Kenyon Barner, I've I've fallen for this too. Like he was going to be the next Sproles, and I and I picked him up accordingly. Just never was. There's no, there's there's, never, there's there no could, next Sproles. You know, not not to not to bring baseball into this. I will bring it. There's a litany. There's a huge long list of the 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 greatest closers in waiting that never ended up being. Closed. <laughs> really? There's a there's an even longer list of the next Darren Sproles that just never was the yeah. next Darren oh, Sproles. A small guy who's kind of compact and <laughs> runs around right. a lot. And he pro- and and he has to be black because if there's ever a white running back that was like that, you would never nobody puts him in that category yeah, automatically. He, he's like a oh he's like a welker, but he plays running back. <laughs> That's so <laughs> terrible, Matthew. Let's uh, a few emails here that that rolled in from uh, listeners that uh, wanted to pick your brain here. He'll be the next McCaffrey in a few years. There you go, McCaffrey, perfect example. Uh, Bobby in Fort Collins, Colorado. When will the Panthers free Christian McCaffrey? Almost like you knew this was coming, Dave. Oh, wow. It seems like they are more concerned with getting the ball to guys like jo- uh, Jonathan Stewart and Ed Dixon than they are with getting the ball to the guy they used a top ten pick on. That is Bobby in Fort Collins, Colorado. So you look at McCaffrey, Matt. Matthew, I don't know if you got him anywhere. Obviously, a lot of FFPC owners invested a fairly high second or third round pick into getting McCaffrey on their roster, and they really have not gotten the return that they were expecting. Now, he's, he's been all right. He had the one good game where he had like, you know, nine for 100 or, or whatever it was. But are we going to see, A, are we going to see a breakout game from him? And B, is it going to come this year? You know, we're definitely going to see a breakout game. When it's going to be is going to be that tough part to try to determine. I don't own him anywhere. I think he was being drafted a little high. Uh, and I think probably the worst thing that you can see as being his owner is that they're sitting at a pretty good record here. And until they start losing some games, I don't see his role changing a bunch because it's getting them to the win. And that's really, you know, all that they're going to be caring about in that locker room. We talked about that on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's so frustrating when Christian McCaffrey, the, the, the negative game scripts is when he can be so good. And yet the Panthers keep winning. And uh, it's been frustrating because they haven't had to use him. And they, yet they can grind out, you know, Jonathan Stewart, 30 carries for 80 yards every single game and still win the game. So it's been very frustrating as, uh, you know, being a McCaffrey owner, which I think I have him in a few spots um, in, in, in Dynasty as well. But it, it just hasn't been there for McCaffrey. I don't know if it happens this year uh, as well. We'll have to see. But you know what? There's plenty of people out there that were saying before the start of the season, like, look, that McCaffrey might be a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player, at least for his rookie year. We'll have to see uh, what happens with that going forward. David, have you, you have to be nonplussed as a big McCaffrey supporter. I'm not too worried about it. Really, for this year, though? I mean, he's, right now he's a running back 15 right now. That's not bad. He's, you know what I mean? Like, for sucking. Well, still, think about where he was drafted. That's, that's my point. He, wasn't, he, was much, he was not drafted as the 15th running back off the board. 
in fantasy? No, in retail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the 15th running back off the board. Where do you think he was drafted? I don't know. It's for sure in the top 10. I don't know if he was. I'm not going to put five on it. Uh, do you want to look this up or do you want to have sure. Rob look this up? Uh, whatever. So, what is it, FF Calculator you would look? I would go on Fantasy Mojo's website, Dave. Oh, you know, good old Darren Get the legit FFPC draft <laughs> info on that one. You can look that up. Uh, I have another email here for Matthew. Uh, this is from Allen in Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, Matthew, congrats on leading the FPC. Are you worried that Stephon Diggs might miss or be limited in Sunday's game against GB? I'm a little thin at wide receiver and am going to have to attack the waiver wire if he misses the game. Thank you for the email. Allen in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Matthew uh, Diggs did not practice today. How concerned are you about him sitting out week six? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely concerned there. Uh, he probably should sit out uh, just to heal up. Uh, everything that I've been hearing here, you know, on the morning radio talk shows say, you know, he won't be at full strength, and he hasn't had great splits in the past when he's been a little banged up. So, I mean, probably best for your long-term and his long-term success to sit out a week. Um, but it is a little early in the week, so maybe by Thursday or Friday you'll know more. I, I would definitely pick up a backup uh, if he's, you know, one of your starters for sure. Are you uh, – so, okay – so you look at you look at you look at what Diggs could uh, mean in this game. He's been very successful against the Packers, uh, you know, in 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 games that they've they've played against each other. I think if he plays, he's in for another big game. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he's in and he's actually at full health, um, I think he's in for a big game. I think the Packers, uh, the Packers Vikings game, they're going to have to go to the air to to get a win there. I don't think they're going to be able to grind it out um, with Murray and McKinnon. So um, if he's playing at full strength, I think he'll definitely be up for a big game. Dave, you look at Diggs, I think he crushes it again this week. But, you know, the thing is, if you are thin at receiver, find a way uh, to get somebody else on your team because they do have Thielen. Michael Floyd is back now, so the Vikings will have other options. Speaking of Diggs crushing it, he's really crushed it three out of five games. And then two out of five games, he's been pathetically crap. That's fine. That's 1.4 points, Bulky. You know, honestly, 5.1. You got to give him a shot. I agree. But it's really annoying going to. Bryce, Bryce and I got into this huge tiff over Odell Beckham this past week, uh, a couple of days ago, talking about how he never drafts Beckham because he's, because, and this is, this is his reasoning. He's not consistent. So I went through Beckham's um, games this year. And then, you know, double digits every single game, except for he had one 7.9 game. And Bryce is like, see, 7.9 that game. That's why I won't draft him. I'm like, that is the most narrow-minded way of looking at drafting that you can possibly do. I was so incredibly ticked off. I am not going to be incredibly ticked off when you ask Matthew our final question here, who's been so gracious with his time tonight. We really appreciate you having on, uh, Matthew. But before we let you go, Dave does have one final question for you. All right. We want you to please, pretty please, in redraft leagues, give us a stud that you would consider benching this week and a sleeper that just might find his way into your fantasy lineups. Yeah, so I, I think for, for my bust, the, the wide receivers around I'm going to look here, there's, you know, they're not going to be consistent 16 weeks in a row unless you're Antonio Brown. So I'm just going to look at kind of some of the matchups this week and uh, Mike Evans versus Patrick Peterson and then Demarius Thomas uh, if Janoris Jenkins is healthy and on him. Uh, those are two matchups that don't look great. Uh, but I don't think I have the ability to actually click that button and sit Mike Evans. So I'm going to say Demarius Thomas is a player that I could see myself sitting this week. Um, they're favored by a ton of points. Uh, they've got a couple other weapons. Um, and I think they might just run the ball in that game. And uh, I don't see a huge game coming from him this week. And then yeah, if I'm, we move I'm, on I'm to the totally – uh, I was going to say, you know, just moving on to the sleepers quick. Um, you know, I think we just previewed it a little bit. 
I don't know how healthy uh, Diggs is going to be. So um, if you're starting your waiver wire, I think Michael Floyd might be a good pickup this week. He he got back and got some reps last week, and I don't I see that game being a pretty high scoring game. So uh, Michael Floyd, if you're really struggling, um, is a guy that I could see pulling in uh, to your lineup or uh, Marquise Goodwin uh, against the Redskins. He had a big week last week, uh, and and I think they're going to be throwing quite a bit in the second half of that game. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> Just to talk about your bust, I'm with you. I don't think I could, you know, actually sit Mike Evans. I understand, you know, the reasoning behind, you know, potentially him having not a a very good game. Uh, Demarius Thomas does make some sense because he's been all right uh, so far this year, but it's not like he's one of these Antonio Brown world beaters uh, that, uh, that, you know, like you you have to start no matter what. So I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, Matthew, listen. So awesome to talk with you tonight. A lot of great stuff you brought to the table. I certainly appreciate it. Best of luck to you and Randy the rest of the way. Hopefully, uh, you know, the the balls continue to bounce your way. Maybe Ed Dixon ends up with a top 10 season, and all of a sudden you're looking at a big check uh, after week 16. I don't know, but I I will be rooting for you, man. This is uh, awesome for you to come on. Good luck the rest of the way in all your leagues, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on tonight. Matthew Piscarich, the leader of the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a lot of fun uh, having him on. A lot of great stuff. Dave, you don't really comment much on the dig stuff. I was trying to find the ADP for stupid McCaffrey. Hold on. I finally found something. Hold on. 12th was where I found him in one spot. It took a long time to get there. It's not, it's not Mojo. I couldn't quite like, get logged in. No, no, no. I got Mojo. No, don't you don't – you once again – 12. Once again, Eric Balkman to the rescue on not only the high-stakes fantasy football hour, um, but uh, on this show as well. And I'm going to look up McCaffrey here. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to look him up. I'm going to search him up. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> All right, so McCaffrey going at the 304. He had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. He was the 13th running back. All right, off so 12, 13. So I'll split the difference. 12 and a half. Basically, I was right, is I think what the listeners can take from sure, take away from this. Sure, of course. Yeah. But, you know, the nice thing that's nice and is encouraging, like you said, the Panthers keep winning games, but each week, seven targets, five targets, 11 targets, six targets, yeah. seven targets. Getting involved. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, I'm fine, fine, fine with how it's going so far. I I mean, I'd like to have more than three carries for seven yards. Don't get me wrong. I I think there's some fantasy football purists out there that have got to just be pulling their hair out with – with, with some of the running back production this year. I have been surviving in my leagues, and I'm doing okay. I shouldn't just say, like, I'm, you know, surviving. I'm doing, I'm doing better than average. But by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin, chin, getting guys like, you know, having James White in a lot of leagues has helped. Mm-hmm. Andre Ellington, picking him off the waiver wire. Mr., you know, eight catches for 70 yards, you know, three weeks I, in a row, wherever mm-hmm. it's been. That's been great. Um, uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, I didn't have him going this past week, but certainly he, well, we'll get into him a little bit yeah. later. We'll, we'll talk about him. Um, but guys like that, just these, these like random, like pass catchers that well, let's talk about the top 20 running backs. Who okay. out of there is a pass catching type back? Okay. James White is 20. Okay. Tariq Cohen is 17. Cohen is another, it's a perfect example. Yeah. McCaffrey is 15. Okay. Uh, then you go to uh, Chris Thompson from the Oh, game. yeah, that's another guy I got he's, in a lot of spots. Eight, yeah, yeah, eight. exactly. Duke Johnson is seven. I got him as well, yeah. So, I mean, like, those players, no, granted, the rest of them are more traditional backs, but, I mean, that's a lot of running backs. They're just the garbagey sixth, seventh, eighth, front one, the Grant, not McCaffrey necessarily. But the other guys, like Duke Johnson, uh, Chris Thompson was, like, free. 
Tariq Cohen was free. You know what I mean? Those guys. Yeah, hold hold on. Guys. Dave, do you hear that? Do you hear that? I believe that's a standing ovation we're getting from our Zero RV listeners right now. <laughs> exactly. Just a massive round of applause. Absolutely. Yes. Can yes. You guys are totally right. This is what I was saying the whole time. Mm-hmm. Nobody would listen. Everybody said Zero RV. Throw it out the window. Well, it, you know, we're only the, five weeks into the season. A lot can change, but certainly it's going very good for you right it now. It doesn't even include Alvin Kamara, who had a bye last week. Oh, yeah. And then the first two weeks, he didn't get that much production, but now he's averaged 13.2 points and 25.6, and now AP's gone. Yeah, you don't this have This guy's going to almost for sure lock top 20 running Yeah. Down. I, uh, not to say that he was really gumming up the works too much in New Orleans because he wasn't really getting on the field, but that there is no specter of, of Adrian Peterson there. Yeah, in the anymore. paper all the time yapping about how it didn't get used enough. Peterson being annoying. Yes. I don't know. He's a little whiner. Eh, whatever. I mean, they should give him a I, switch. I, you know, the fact that we saw it in the press once or twice, we don't know what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. Maybe there was actually more there, uh, more than just like Transformers, Dave. More than meets the eye. Well, you know the nice thing now is AP can go from a team from the Saints. He can go to a team where the offensive line, it matches his yards per carry. Like, he averages about 2.8. They produce about 2.8 yards per carry. So they should just even it out. There's about 2.8 yards per carry. They should be really meant, they're meant for each other. One of the Cardinals reporters asked Bruce Arians after the, the last game why, you know, the ground game was really bad. Kerwin Williams and Chris Johnson and um, Ellington, and all those guys back there. And he said, ah, oh, it's mostly the blocking. It was mostly the blocking that <laughs> – it's really Chris Johnson's fault. So, so then, yeah, so then what does he do? He goes out and trades a conditional six-round. Not he, but, but the right. Cardinals turn around and trade a conditional six-round pick for Adrian Peterson. This is and not, then cut Johnson immediately. And then cut Chris Johnson. Yeah. Who did you see that was tweeting like a month ago the how Adrian Peterson needs more touches? Yeah, I know. And now it's at the expense of cj 2 uh, And then everyone on Twitter laughed at him. Right. I wasn't. I didn't even like that tweet. <laughs> Thanks to Football Guys Real World and Rob for tonight's rundown here. Let's catch you up on the latest and greatest around the NFL. Uh, the aforementioned Adrian Peterson was traded to the Arizona Cardinals from the New Orleans Saints in exchange for that conditional sixth-round pick. Diana Rossini had that uh, story on Twitter. Uh, the Saints running backs coach, after they went on by last week, after they beat the Dolphins, was actually talking up uh, Adrian Peterson. But this was kind of a foregone conclusion. You know, so much for my conspiracy uh, theory about him going back to Minnesota after the Dalvin Cook injury. Uh, but he goes to Arizona. So let's break this down here uh, with the Cardinals. Now, the, the scheme that they run there certainly fits his skill set definitely more uh, than what New Orleans uh, had him doing. Your thoughts on Adrian Peterson the rest of the way. Is he even a top 30 back? Uh, you know, that's a little dicey to say that, to be honest with you. But I, I think that... He's worth a speculative ad. I think he can be productive. Why not? I mean, yeah. I, 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 he's in obviously a much better situation. I think he'd actually be pretty decent. He's the type of guy that I, I'd be willing to keep around for a couple of weeks, and then I, if he doesn't, if he's not showing it, cut him because you're gonna need you're gonna need to make some roster space with the bye weeks coming up. Yeah, I, I think he might do all right. I think he, he might. You never know. He could rejuvenate the Cardinals. Why not? He definitely I, might. I do think they're gonna beat the uh, Buccaneers this weekend. Uh, certainly possible. Buccaneers play poorly on the road, and they have to travel cross-country. I, I, were you doing your, uh, your uh, Superbook research on the show tonight? I feel like you're – That's who I'm taking. I'm taking the card. <laughs> I knew there was an ulterior motive here. Um, I'm 3-1-1, one, one, by the way. Congratulations. Our team would be probably in the top you know, 20 in the Superbook if everyone had been you know, similar to my record. Dave Gerzak. He's the a, rest of my partners, not, not so good. Alpha male, Dave Gerzak. <laughs> I just like the dog. I'm just kidding, guys. Maybe future patron saint of the Las Vegas Westgate Superbook contest. Highly doubt. I'll probably lose like five in a row now. What does this do in New Orleans? How much does this change Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, now that Peterson's gone? You know, no one talks about Ingram that much, but I think it helps Ingram you know, quite a bit. I mean, Ingram is pretty he's – he's a good running back. He is a good running back. 
I, I'm guilty of this, you know, saying that Sean Payton did not like him. If you listen to the On the Couch podcast with uh, football guys Sigmund Bloom, he had Evan Silva on this week, which was uh, good listening, good football. Our buddy Evan Silva. Evan's a former guest of the High Six Fantasy Football Hour. Evan Silva actually pointed this out, which I didn't realize. Mark Ingram's touches have increased each week this season. Really? From week one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, Balky, we know how counting works. Even, but the, even with Kamara crushing it. I'm going to keep going with Kamara. That's fine. He doesn't care. He was interviewed about this. He doesn't care how you pronounce his last name. But Ingram's touches have gone up every single week. And honestly, no Peterson in there. Probably going to go up again in week six. Yep. So there you go. I, I, I don't want to get too crazy about what Kamara and, and Ingram are, are going to be now because Peterson wasn't that big of a factor there anyway. But, yeah, marginally, I would expect a little bit more. Ingram was an RB1 last year. He he's definitely was. Uh, Aditi Kinkawala on Twitter reports. Nice. Uh, ben, from Ethiopia, like from reporting directly out of Africa? I think he's Norwegian. Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger says he believes he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This is after a game when he threw five interceptions to the Jacksonville football Jaguars. After the game, of course, Ben Roethlisberger uh, said that, you know, he didn't know if he had it anymore. Uh, but Roethlisberger also said, if I didn't care, a game like this past Sunday wouldn't bother me. Ben Roethlisberger? Was worried about him before. Still a little bit worried about him. Worried about him less. You know, this is coming off the, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll retire, you know, before this coming season. Faces Kansas City. I don't know if this is a get-right week for Big Ben and that Steelers offense. No, I actually think Kansas City, uh, I think they're going to pace the Steelers. I think they're going to whip them up. Paste? That's what? right. So double digits for sure. Yeah, I think they'd be. Well, Two no, touchdowns? Yeah, like 30 to, 30 to 17, something like that. Okay. I don't know if that's a pasting. Well, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it'll be, let's, it'll be 30 to 10, and then they get a garbage time one day, Antonio Brown. Okay. Not to Martavis Bryant? Of course, hell no. Wouldn't it could be, be Juju Smith-Schuster, possibly. Or we're going to get into that in a little bit. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't think we will get into that, but you know who did get into that? Nelson Sousa on the road of his high-stakes lowdown. We talked about how Martavis Bryant has now been outsnapped by Juju Smith-Schuster for the last two weeks, so yeah. there, there's something there. Listen we to Nelson We were talking talk about, about that in you know, July and August. About JJSS? Well, I was saying how I never liked Bryant, and I thought that Schuster would be the better player. Yeah, and he still might be. And then I... I wonder what Martavis Bryant contract is like. In Carrington, I, you know, just so everyone knows, you're the Bryant owner who's been trying to deal him, and I was the one who was kind enough to give you away, give you Smith Schuster for, what was it, Inunua or something in preseason? Uh, Kareem Hunt. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I wish it was. That would be so great. <laughs> no, I think it was Quincy and Newton. Something. I, I thought it was, he, he it was, was, a, it was a bigger deal, but those were the two. Oh, Newton was traded for the 212 or something like that. Whatever it was. Uh, yeah, he was. I don't remember what it was now. I think it was my – was it my – you took him in the first round, didn't you? Or was oh, it an early, early second early round? Early second, early second. So it was whatever – yeah, because I was picking it right behind been, you. It might have been Curtis Samuel or some other – Heard. It might have been that because you made it this huge deal like, ah, Balky, I'm screwing yeah. you here by yeah, Samuel. getting Smith Schuster. Samuel sucks. Yeah. Give it time. Lord. Give it time. What yeah. a terrible trade. You know, you, you got uh, Kelvin Benjamin, who's no stranger to uh, the trainer's table. <laughs> Curtis Samuel might be the future there uh, at receiver with Devin Funches. Hey, you know, he's, uh, what, what are we, five weeks in? Five weeks in. He's averaging 2.06 fantasy points a week. So. Yeah, which is actually, uh, actually he's not. one point less than Christian McCaffrey. Divided by four and then divided yeah. by five. Whatever. Not we, good. We were told there would be no math. <laughs> Carlos, Hyde will, Carlos Hyde will be the first running back to play in uh, games. will be followed by Matt Breida. Is it Breida? 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 I, I'll go with Breida. Breida? Uh, then the team's actually going to use the hot hand approach after that, according to uh, Kyle Shanahan. That this means is, they're going to go with This is a report from uh, Matt Barrows from the Sacramento Bee. How does this affect Carlos Hyde and in, in, in your lineup? I mean, are you willing? You just said Brita, slightly tongue-in-cheek, 
that, that it'd be him. Carlos Hyde might, might be a guy that you have to – well, we had a, a question in the chat tonight. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, Billy Joe 166, is it an overreaction to start Marlon Mack over Carlos Hyde this week? You know, it might be. It's, it's, you know, it's weird. We well, hold on. Just, just to give the listeners, a, yeah, the, the, Marlon Mack is at Tennessee on Monday night under the lights, Dave. Right. And then, of course, uh, Carlos Hyde is on the road at Washington. So go ahead with your thoughts. I think it might be a little bit. I mean, you know what's funny about Carlos Hyde is he's actually the number 11 running back right now. Yeah, not doing too shabby. Except for last week where he scored 2.8 points. And was, was, had his helmet on, ready to go back in, and Shanahan was rolling with Brita. Braida. Braida. <laughs> Burrito. The water pitcher. <laughs> he went with the water pitcher. Yeah, the water yeah. pitcher. That's great. You should actually. The filter. <laughs> Matt, the, Matt, the filter burrito. No, Carlos, no filter hide, and then Matt, the filter burrito. Anyway, uh, you know, I guarantee you somebody else has used that joke already, as terrible as it is. I'm sure on, on Twitter. You know, burrito, yeah, burrito unfiltered, burrito filtered. Yeah. So, I mean, he looks better than Hyde when he's out there. That's yeah, he looked very good. Right? Looked very good. I know, that's all I can say about it. You look at the players play, and burrito looks better. You know, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is not that we'd ever root for an injury, but if, ever, if something ever pre- prevented Hyde from being on the field, burrito would actually be quite the, the interesting flex player, maybe a second running back for you. Well, with Hyde, you don't really need to root for an injury. He just pretty much gets him. Well, I'm just saying we never would. He's been relatively healthy this year. We'll see if that continues. Has he? Uh, how many, how many, yeah, I mean, he hasn't missed any games. Oh, no questionables or anything? Well, I mean, he might have been. Listen, they don't have the probable tag anymore, so questionable is always out there. All right. Uh, let's talk about your Josh Gordon here. 13, Hi, Josh. I like the way you said that. 13-minute documentary on uninterrupted, un, uninterrupted. Josh Gordon talked about his uh, history of drug use, the NFL suspensions that have come down, uh, how he feels about Roger Goodell, as you already alluded to, and his future, not only in the NFL but uh, personally as well. Uh, definitely check it out if you haven't. I have not yet uh, seen it, but I've heard nothing but um, people, people telling minutes. me to see it. It's not so great. Uh, Gordon uh, said he used Xanax, cocaine, and codeine in addition to pot and uh, admitted that in 2014 that, that trip to rehab was all for show. Uh, he says his latest trip, uh, and this is where the documentary was filmed while he was you know, doing it, uh, was different. The entire experience has been very humbling. He's out of rehab, expected to apply for reinstatement soon. You are saying a minimum of four games. I think it's going to be more than that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I just... You know whose fault? That, by the way, the one thing you learn in the documentary... The system, Dave. No, the coaches at Baylor. Actually, that's... Interesting. He, like, he's, he, he was like either dirty or you know, failed. It, it was going to fail a test or whatever, and they, they gave him like, you know, the... Uh, Whatever that stuff is to clean. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you take I was, was going to say Everclear. It's isopure. Is that what it's called? I think that's, uh, I think. I think that's a protein powder. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's some Iso, sort of like, I, I thought it was. Isopure is like a protein. Just go ahead and make your – I'm going to find out what this was. They give you like, was you it know, the they, same thing that Ricky Williams is taking? I don't really know exactly. Go ahead. I don't do the body, the cleansing thing. But you just take the, you take the drink. And you just like, oh, take these and you know, clean you out so that you, don't, you, know, you pass the test. So effectively, they were enabling him right away at Baylor the entire time. Like, here, go ahead, use pot, drink, use whatever it is. Do whatever drugs you want, and as long as you can take this thing to clean out your system, knowing that the, the test is coming, you'll be fine. So it's like they totally did him a disservice instead of saying, hey, you know, you can't do this stuff. You're going to be a professional at some point in right. time. And trying to get him clean, you know, they didn't give a crap. And I got to tell you, this shocks me. You know, given Baylor's uh, track record with their coaching staff and all the sexual assaults they covered up there, I'm shocked that they would actually apply this sort of logic to Josh Gordon's career. You know, you know what's really funny, actually, is Baylor, the university, is a pretty upstanding university. Baptist? It's a Christian university. Yeah. And so then the athletic department is like this 
you know, bastion of cesspool, den of, of evil. Yeah, yeah. You know, these good Christian people are going to the school and then they get crapped upon. Their entire reputation gets ruined right. yeah. by the sports department. Yeah. Probably not lacrosse, mostly football. I'm sure it definitely was not lacrosse. <laughs> I don't know what the Baylor lacrosse pro- program is like. It's pretty crazy, you know, seeing, you know, Baylor is like ranked up in, um, you know, a top five, top ten over the past few years under, under our trials. And now you look at like, you know, I look at the point spreads for college and they're, I can't remember they're playing this week, but it's like not a dominant team, but not a great team mm-hmm. and not a terrible team. I mean, and they're like five touchdown underdogs. Really? Well, because I mean, there's nobody going to school there anymore and they got penalized so bad. They, it's just, like the death penalty they didn't get the death penalty, enough, but right? I, I'm sure that there's going to be more stuff that, that <laughs> happens going forward. I, I don't think we've heard the. The last of that, yeah. yeah so, wow. uh, moving forward past uh, Josh Gordon. So, okay, my my um, assumption. I think he gets suspended for more than four games. I, I still don't think he plays another down in the NFL. Really? Yeah, I got five on that. I feel like this. How would, about he plays another down? Is this by, Marshawn Lynch all by, over again? By 2020, 2019. Okay. How about, how, I'll give no, 2019. no, no. 2020, 2020. All right. I'm fine with 2020. He plays another down in the NFL regular season. You know, by by the end of the 2020 regular season. Perfect. This is okay. great. This will All be right. a lot of fun. All right. I got five on that. He doesn't. I got five on my boy, Josh. I got five on it. So another, one, shows, another one for the good guys, Dave. Yeah, exactly. The good guys. The optimists that like people to succeed. In life. I want them to succeed. I, tearing I, him down. I hope I'm wrong. I just, Poor young I, man. Don't, I don't, you know, I, fool me once. <laughs> Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Won't Fool get me. fooled again. Yeah, I won't. Neither would George Bush. Quote the great uh, Roger Daltrey. Uh, so Josh Gordon, 2020. Great George Bush. One won't get fooled again. You ever heard that? Yes, it's a Who song. No, but did you ever, did you ever hear that George Bush screwed that up? No, I did he, not know this. He goes, "Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, and, and, and you won't get fooled again." That's what he said. That was the quote. He okay. botched the quote. Yeah. Billy Joe, you should really watch it. It's hilarious. Billy Joe 166 wants to know when when's Justin Blackman coming back. <laughs> you know what? That was really funny. <laughs> the answer pro- is never. I think he's probably eating a Big Mac right now while mopping up the McDonald's at the same time. Oh my goodness. Blackman was uh, he got pretty large and in charge. I think he was drinking and eating the fried food. Uh, probably. Los Angeles Times report: Rams coach Sean McVay says he will continue to try to find ways to get the ball to Sammy Watkins. Last two games, Watkins has had six targets held without a catch against Seattle for the second time in his career. Watkins, uh, Watkins actually uh, posted something on Twitter. There must be you know, something going on here uh, with you know, Torrey Holt, who I believe is a broadcaster for the Rams, uh, said something's got to be going on. That's what it was. Um, McVay said he talked to Sammy Watkins and um, does not think that uh, the last two games are going to be indicative of what we're going to see from Watkins the rest of the year. Uh, here's my problem, and I brought this up, I think, with Darren Summer, if you listen to the High Stakes Lowdown. If Sean McVay is this genius, which I think he is, this offensive genius, way more creative than Jeff Fisher. I think we're throwing genius around a little bit loosely here. Okay, he's, he's, he's very gifted. He's, very, a, he's a bright, bright Creative guy. offensive mind. There you go. Fine. <laughs> maybe a genius, maybe not. You be the judge. Right, right. He's unlocked Todd Gurley, man. Todd Gurley's crushing it this year. He is. Something that Jeff Fisher could not figure out last year. Sean McVay is totally, it's, it's been a 180. Or as George Bush would say, a total 360. <laughs> he might say that. I know somebody's famous <laughs> said that. I, I, I should, I'm probably fake attributing or that Tony to Hawk George Bush. Tony would call it a 1080. Yeah. So that three times? <laughs> Who the hell knows? Why has, he, why has he not been able to do the same for Watkins? Why does Watkins, why is, why is Sammy Watkins still not freed? 
Why is Todd Gurley crushing it right now? And Sammy Watkins is sitting out there blocking and running around, not, you know, not catching any balls for the Rams. This is on Sean McVay, is it not? Why can he not do for Watkins what he's been doing for Gurley? Well, first of all, they played the Seahawks last week. They had, if anyone hasn't noticed that they have a pretty good secondary. He only yeah, he had no catches the previous game. He had one catch the previous game. He had one catch the previous game. 50% of his targets were catches. He had two targets. One for 17. Poor efficiency. The week before, I mean, he was six for 106 and two touchdowns, and that's the problem. I mean, unfortunately, he only had seven. He's just not getting targeted enough. Uh, That's my point. No, I, I do agree with you, actually. He's definitely he's, – he has fewer targets than our, our boy Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Which should, is really sad. We should have a new segment on the show called What Gives? <laughs> what Gives here? What Gives, Sean McVay? What happened, question mark? Does it change? I mean, it's got to, but does it change to the point where, you know, you can feel good about starting Watkins on any given week? I don't – you know, I, don't, I, I think so eventually, but I don't think that it's against the Jaguars. I mean, they're number three in the NFL in the past defense, and I, I will think nev- they, they're going to do pretty well. I mean, they're number 30 against the run. Why wouldn't you just give it to Gurley again, like yeah. 30 times? Yeah, maybe they will. I will never feel good about starting Sammy Watkins. I've made this <laughs> poignantly clear several you, times. You know, you know how wide receivers are, though, when you call it out. I gu- okay, I guarantee you this. He'll probably get 10 targets this week because – there's this big issue. Yeah, okay. He may only go three for 30, though. Yeah, that's – I was – man, I'm salivating there. I thought I had – I got five on it locked up. Sorry, buddy. You and I feel the same way. Uh, Devin Funches returned to practice today, according to a report on ESPN.com. He had that uh, bum knee, which uh, kept him out of practice on Monday and Tuesday, but he was out there today, and that's big because they play tomorrow against the Eagles on Thursday night football. Uh, Ron Rivera saying Devin Funches will play the number 14 receiver in PPR leagues right now. You've got to feel good about playing him. In a matchup tomorrow, which, you know, the Eagles' pass defense isn't great, but I think over the last three games they're giving up like 300 passing yards uh, per game uh, average, and uh, they've given up uh, at least one touchdown uh, every single week this year, too. And the way that Funches is play- playing, you wanted to see him get in this practice today. I feel good about starting him tomorrow, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, he had a 26-point week in week four, and then in week five you're a little bit tentative. You're like, uh, you know, is he for real or not? And then he had an 18-point fantasy week. So he is for real. Greg Olson's out. They need another receiver who can catch. Benjamin's, you know, I've always thought he's overrated. So I, and I, it's funny because we've always been rooting for Funchess. I was rooting for him last year, and he just didn't quite break out. And I was a little bit dubious about him breaking out this year, but he looks like he's really actually come to do it. Yep, no dubious about it. Coach Jay Gruden said Rob Kelly is a long shot to play uh, this week against the Niners. This is on the Redskins' uh, official Twitter account. Kelly did not practice today. He's been limited to side work uh, after he got hurt in week four. It'll be P. Ryan and Thompson. So we know we're going to play Thompson, Dave, uh, with the Niners' uh, inability to uh, really curtail running back so far this season. Uh, we know we're playing Thompson. Are we playing P. Ryan? Do you feel have any kind of confidence in Samaji P. Ryan, who should be the first and second round banger this week? Down. Yes. Um, First and se- what did I say? You said round, but it's okay. Yeah, first and second round, uh, <laughs> banger. Round of downs. Round of downs, banger. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say banger over and over again. Uh, P. Ryan, are you playing him? I know you I'm, cut him in the Kentucky Auction League. I'm trying my best not to, not to play him. Yeah, you're not a P. Ryan believer. No, I, I think he's got some talent. I'm just, again, first and second down work, and I, I just, I'd rather get somebody else in there. I just don't trust him yet. I'm kind of curious on the uh, – I still roster. I have him rostered in like three or four leagues. Kind of curious on the uh, total for that game, and it's actually at 47 right now with the uh, Redskins a 10-point favorite, 10.5-point favorite at home, so certainly the game script would dictate a, a good game well. for P. Ryan. You might give a 22-carry 20, 20, 20, uh, 20, game. That said, neither of us are playing him. 
Probably not. They're Honestly, I, I haven't set my lineups yet, but I, I can't imagine P. Ryan's going to be in any of them. I, I don't think so. Maybe if you had, like, okay, Shady McCoy is off this week. Um, Joe Mixon is off this week. Ezekiel Elliott is off this week. If you need to plug in somebody there, I guess I could see it. But if you do, you got to go in with low expectations uh, because otherwise you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, try, this is interesting. Something to pay attention to. This is huge for FFPC, and this is not really being talked about. Travis Kelsey did not practice today. This according to BJ Kissel on Twitter. Kelsey was uh, concussed on Sunday night against the Texans. It was weird because he was concussed, then he passed the test, then he came back in and looked like he was concussed again, and then he never came back in, and he had a really good game going. Um, he has, so the fact that he didn't practice today means he's probably not in the concussion protocol yet, which is massive. What do you mean, what do you mean not in it? Well, not like, you know, like – like the, he's not even close to passing. There's, there's like four different stages that you have to pass. And like, he's clearly not even past stage one yet. So do you have to practice that stage? No, no, no. Stage one, I think is like actually like just sitting out at practice and, and like um, being out in the light or something like that. <laughs> no, it's, it's something, it's, it has something to do with that. No, you laugh, but it's something ridiculous. Stage one is ridiculous. You drive, you drive a car. You go, I don't think you they let you do that. You have to Uber everywhere. Sit at McDonald's for 20 minutes. Not McDonald's. Come on. Uh, Cheesecake factory. Have a meal out. Yeah, they got good lettuce you, wraps can, at the can cheesecake factory. you order factory. out with the server? I don't know. Look up the Some process. Sort of mental test. Look up the process. This is huge, though, because if Kelsey's out, you, I mean, you got to find a replacement, and um, people are going to be scrambling because they're probably right. trying to replace Charles Clay this week is a perfect example. True. Uh, Jason Witten, if you were playing him as, like, your second tight end right. in the FFPC. Or your first. I mean, he's, you know. Or, or your first. I mean, that's, that's key, too. Maybe you lost uh, Tyler Eifert, and you're playing Tyler Croft. He's off this week, too. Yeah. So there's situations out there where people are going to be after tight ends, and they're going to be even more thirsty for tight ends if Kelsey's out. And that's something to be paying attention to. Good wording. Thirsty. I like that. Yeah. There's a lot of guys out there. you got Dixon. Uh, Croft is out there in some spots. George uh, Kittle. Kittle had yep. a great game. Uh, somebody was saying that he's going to be – he thinks Kittle's going to be a star. It was on Twitter. Well, people were saying this in the preseason, too, that yeah. they really like Kittle. Um, he had seven catches this last week. Five of them were on the final drive. Yeah, that's, that's actually Take that for what it's worth, including and, a touchdown. And Griffin uh, from the Houston Slope. Griffin! Yeah. yeah, Ryan Griffin. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's options out there. But, I, you know, hopefully you picked up somebody if you had the roster spot tonight. If you didn't, definitely make sure that you are grabbing somebody on Friday if Kelsey does not at least get – even if he gets in a limited uh, fashion, I think chances are he probably does not go this week. That really sucks. I mean, Kelsey was having a monster game. And it's funny, like, he got up kind of like in a, you know, badass fashion or whatever. Yeah. He looked like he was going to go back out. But he, he is a bit of a badass. He really totally is. Yeah. And uh, he thought he was going to come back out. But smartly, they didn't put him out for too long. You know, his older brother, Jason Kelsey, is a lineman for the Eagles. And i got to believe that growing up, Kelsey was always, you know, begging to be playing with his older brother, um, you know, when they play football or whatever. And Kelsey probably was not as big as, as uh, Jason Kelsey was. So I think, like, he took his lumps there. And yeah. that just made him, you know, just kind of built the mentality of, of what he is uh, today. So I agree. I, so I, I think that's a big part of his game, yeah. A few times. Um, Tom, let's go to emails here, Dave. Tom in North Canton, Ohio. Hey, Dave and Balky, are you concerned with Eli Manning's age and the seriousness of Beckham's injury for his dynasty value? Or would you try and see if you can trade for him on the cheap right now? That is Tom in North Canton, Ohio. Certain factors go into every dynasty trade, and I think these are the two big ones when you look at trying to acquire Odell Beckham right now, Dave. Eli Manning, how much longer is he going to be there? Uh, is Odell Beckham going to be uh, have to get used to a rookie quarterback in either 2018 or 
potentially 2019. Uh, and then how bad is this injury for his career? Is this something that's going to bother him the rest of, the, uh, of his career? What have you been doing with Beckham? So far, I've been doing nothing. I don't own Beckham anywhere. I've made any offers for him. But uh, if I was doing anything, I'd be trying to acquire. The problem is, you know, these guys right now that own Beckham are grumpy. Tough to acquire them on the cheap. They're not happy. Yeah. They're not going to want to deal them. So you're not going to, you know, I, so, I think it's hard. I haven't seen many Beckham offers or Beckham trades come through in FFPC Dynasty just because it's like, you know, it's kind of like trying to date somebody after a bad breakup. You just give it some time to heal a little bit and then make that offer. Let me offer this analogy. When business is, is bad, okay, sure. for business. Uh, Which you, has you, been good for everybody now, with, you know, recently with the economy. Yeah, and all that. you kind of ignore it, though. Thanks. You kind of ignore it. Like, ah, come on, it's not that bad, you know. Right. It will, it'll pick up. It'll be fine. This will be fine. And then once you're facing, like, oh, my God, Odell Beckham's taking up a roster spot. Oh, my God, my team is sucking. Uh, and I don't know. You know, like, you got to have you got to have the fear in these Odell Beckham owners for, like, three or four weeks. And, right. like, once that hits them, then it's the time to pounce. You know, I don't think now is the time to do it because, hey, listen, if I – If I own Odell Beckham in one dynasty league and I'm still in the mentality of like, no, I'm taking a hundred cents on the dollar for him. I'm not giving anybody a discount. It's a dynasty league. He's like 15 years old. He's got a massive 40 year career ahead of him. I'm not dealing him. You know, that might change in a month or two might change in the off season. You know, it just, it depends a lot on your team too. Are you trying to win now? Is your team close enough that you can acquire somebody that's good? Uh, Then maybe you take a look at dealing him, but Otherwise, if your team's totally out of it, then you try and acquire them. I mean, that's, yep, that's you know, totally. try and get the guys that are hurt. I can't believe I'm even asking this, but how much would you guys spend on Ed Dixon in a football guys league? Thanks. That's John in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. Ed Dixon in a football guys league. How much, let, let's put a percentage on it. How much of your budget? Uh, I'd spend like you know, 15%, 150. I'd go higher. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, 181 would be my bid. Well, yeah, because of your BS. My, uh, my new 81. Yeah. My, my 81 theory. Get the numbers um, at opposite ends of the keyboard. Yeah. Everyone's bidding 77. Don't bid 77. Bid 81 because yeah. then all the other knobs are going to bid 78 or 79. And then you're going to one up them or two up them. And 81. And uh, all the knobs bidding 80. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got them at 81. All the even even money people. Yeah. Um, no, I would, I would, I'd be looking at maybe 20, 25% in a football guys league, tight end premium league. No, that's fair. I, I don't have a ton of money floating around in a lot of my leagues right now. No kidding. Uh, but if I did, I wouldn't be ashamed to uh, invest it in Dixon. Listen, Olsen is not coming back probably for the next five, six games. So something yeah. to, something to keep in mind. Moving on. Phil in Hollywood, California. There's a lot of trades flying around in my dynasty league with the rookie running backs. Could you guys re-rank them now based on what you've seen the first five weeks? So I assume he, he doesn't mean like, you know, like the, the filter and uh, <laughs> Marlon Mack and all those guys do the top four running backs. Uh, oh yeah. For dynasty re-rank, sure. re-rank hunt McCaffrey, um, cook and Fournette. McCaffrey. So, so hold on. So hold on before you get into this. Right. They're basically drafted, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Fournette, um, McCaffrey, Cook, Hunt. That's how they were drafted. Probably. Okay. I think this is relatively easy except for three and four. I think it's Hunt, Fournette, and then because Cook got hurt, I would say McCaffrey then Cook. But actually, if it were not for Cook being hurt, I think you'd be looking at whether Cook or Fournette are two or three at that point. But because of the injury... Uh, Hunt for sure is number one. And yep. Fournette, yep. you know, he's really come on. 
And then I think, you know, McCaffrey, I've had McCaffrey at three, but that's kind of, I'm a little bit, I got the. No, I, and listen, I totally agree with you. The fact that you have McCaffrey for the rest of this year, that's, I mean, it's, there's no time like the present, Dave. So I would, I would put McCaffrey ahead of Cook. Had Cook still been playing, yeah, I would have Cook ahead of McCaffrey, given how the Vikings were using him and given how the Panthers are using McCaffrey. So I am Witcha. And hang on one second. I just put the wrong sheet down. My bad. No problem. I almost skipped over Jeff in Edwardsville, Illinois. Oh, hey, Jeff. Dear Peyton and Andrew, are we finally witnessing the changing of the guard in the indie backfield and the end of the line for Frank Gore? Would you guys cut him for Marlon Mack right now? Appreciate what you guys do, uh, Jeff in Edwardsville, Illinois. Hey, we appreciate the fact that you are doing emails to us. So that's great. I don't know if too many people are facing this, but if you had, if you wanted to get Marlon Mack and your worst cut was Frank Gore, would you do it? Frank Gore, who technically is still the starter. So you have to cut. For, you'd in, have to cut Gore to in, get Mack. In, in redraft? Yeah. Man, I hate to say it, but I would probably. Ah. I would do it, frankly. I would cut Gore for Mack. Yeah, Gore's upside is so limited, but I mean, he's still Gore. I don't know. Mack is being used uh, in, in the red zone, okay? Yeah. Him and Turbin. Turbin. Gore is not. He's just not. Yeah, there's a ch- there's a decent enough chance that uh, that he usurps him. Yeah, I think there's a better than decent chance. So I would totally do that, Jeff. Joe in Houston, Texas. Morning, Dave and Balky. Hey, good evening to you. As an Evan Ingram owner, I was supremely disappointed to see he put up a goose egg this week after putting up double-digit FFPC scoring seemingly every week. And this was after Manning lost his top four wideouts. Are we expecting more of the same going forward? That is Joe in Houston, Texas. Joe, thanks for the email. I don't know what in the hell happened. That's like the, the most insane fluke of all time. How does a guy who's been crushing it with these four receivers, they all go out and then gets nothing? Nothing! And you, and you can't tell me that the, the defense like, adapts. Oh, oh, all these guys are out. Just cover Ingram only. Triple cover Ingram like instantly. No, they're not game planning for that. No. Not at all. So, I don't know. It was just bad luck. I think it was a fluke. I think I, think so. I, I would have full confidence trotting him out there going forward, even though he's a rookie tight end. I go with God and go with Evan Ingram. I've seen Ingram ranked uh, top six even for this week. Yeah, I, I did too. So, Where'd you see that? I don't know, some ranking site or something. Fantasy Pros had him up there too. Whatever. They, but you know what? They had him up there last week. and I, I, They really meeting with 45 consensus experts. Oh, there's more than that. Crappy opinions. Whatever. Fantasy Pros is great. Not really so great. It's fantastic. Ron in Fort Myers, <laughs> Florida. Did Aaron Jones just win the Green Bay running back job with a better performance than Montgomery gave so far this season? Love the show. That is Ron in Fort Myers, Florida. I think we talked about this last week, that that was a possibility. Okay, but now, yes, we knew it was a possibility, but now we have some more information with Aaron Jones actually crushing it against Dallas. Yeah, well, non-pedigreed Montgomery. Okay. Aaron Jones, very athletic. Right. Also non-pedigreed. Also non-pedigreed. Very good point. And had a great game. And a much smaller guy than Ty Montgomery. <laughs> I, you know, I think Montgomery is a fine pass catching back. I just never, I don't think he's a great three down back. He's not naturally a running back. So, um, I don't know though. I mean, you know, the coach doesn't, they don't want to just give the job away, but right. I don't think that they've always thought that Montgomery was like this long-term tenure, tenure running back. Not saying that they think Aaron Jones necessarily. Right. Um, but you know, never know. Maybe he's the next Aaron Foster. They do not want one guy to have this job. I don't think Mike McCarthy's ever wanted one guy. Even when Lacey was, was good, he didn't want Lacey to have the job. Lacey might have been the starter. Lacey might have been doing very well out there. James Starks is still working it. You know what I mean? And then think That's about this. Lacey's a, what's a chub, though. Well, it's, I mean, if they had, like, a, if they had a, like a true three-down back. Then yes, if they had Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Yeah, Ty Gurley, yeah. Well, yeah, well, 
Okay. Well, that just doesn't happen. Well, just, it, just, happens, it happens like two or three teams. Just, but you just said he doesn't want to have a three. Yes, assuming they don't have one of the best <laughs> running backs in the world on the roster. Yes, obviously. Well, by the way, any running back in the NFL that's starting is one of the best in the world, semantics. I'm just saying that like a, a three-down capable back, he'd be fine with starting a three-down yeah. capable back. Okay. Just fine. Have one like you just don't believe Montgomery or Jones is that, and I agree. I do think that they eat into the workload, which kind of sucks if you own Jones and Montgomery. Right, right. You need to get one of these guys off the field. Um, I have one roster spot available. Should I cut Buck Allen to pick up Alex Collins, or do I already own the right Raven rusher? That is Carl in Lindbrook, New York. I would not cut Buck Allen for Alex Collins. No, I'd keep Allen. I mean, he's the pass catcher. He's, you know, he's maybe not the more athletically gifted of the two, but he's certainly the one that, that they trust. He is not putting the ball on the ground like all the time, like Alex Collins is. Mm-hmm. He's catching passes. He's out there. I mean, you want that guy. He's named Buck. That's another guy we can add to our running back pass catchers list. Maybe not in the top 20 running backs, but he's right up there with the Duke Johnsons, the Chris Thompsons, the Terry Cohens, the James Whites, the whoever else I'm forgetting. Are you looking up where, where the Buck is right now? Buck Dancer? The Buck watch? is number 16, man. I missed him earlier. I didn't even name him. Did you watch Curb this past week with Buck Dancer? No, I didn't watch. That's good. Yeah, it's a really good one. I gotta get back into it. I, you know, curve. It's a little bit. Larry's looking older, so I gotta get you know used to his older. Look. Everybody's looking older on that show. Yeah. Um, unlike us, who never age. We, we look the same. Uh, Ray in New Haven, Connecticut. Dear Barry and Billy, I am about at my wits' end with Eric Ebron. Would I be better off rostering him for the other tight end in in Detroit? Would I be better off rostering the other tight end? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Ray in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, I mean, uh, Ray's not going to Yale. Yeah, clearly not. Um, who who has proven he is capable of catching touchdowns, TIA, Ray in New Haven. Sort of, thank you for the email, Ray. <laughs> so I think he's talking about Darren Fells versus Eric Ebron. I am not cutting Eric Ebron for Darren Fells. No, but I'm cutting Ebron for literally anyone else. That's not true. And by the way, are you impressed that I knew that Yale was in New Haven? Right on. Is it in New Haven? I knew yeah, it was in Connecticut. I didn't realize it was there. Right oh. there. Anyway, uh, no, I'm not cutting Ebron for him, but Ebron totally sucks. I don't... You know, did you hear what he's saying? Like what he was saying, he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm like not feeling it, or I'm not into it yeah. this year, or whatever." Yeah. It's like, dude, you are the worst. Yeah. I know I was dogging Eifert for the longest time, and now that he's IR, I feel a little bit bad about him. I hope his career gets rejuvenated. Ebron's now on my tight end poop list. I'm trying to think here, who would you rather own in Dynasty? <laughs> Ebron or Eifert? Ebron or Eifert? Probably Ebron. Just because he's healthy. <laughs> what if Eifert wasn't? Really what if Eifert bad. wasn't IR today? I, Ebron versus Eifert. Eifert will be back in like three, four weeks. Yeah, that's the that's the perpetual. I would no, think. I'm saying like that's what you know. The, like we had it on good authority. Then they would take Eifert, but that's just not the reality we live. I in. know it's not the reality. I just wanted to pick your Eifert's career, in my opinion, is over. I think he's done. I I was actually going to ask you that tonight. If if you thought that like Eifert might just you know try to give it a go next year, I think he will. But sure, I don't he'll try. But I don't know if he gets if he's able to come. You this know, is like his, he's probably got like ten million dollars. This is like his fourth back surgery. I know. Four. I feel bad for him. He's like twenty seven years old, dude. He's a he's, he's like a nice fella. Uh, go get a job somewhere and like do a, become a management consultant at Bain and Company or something like that. Get an investment bank. Maybe he, he needs. Get, to, he could he get millions of dollars. Get into coaching high school lacrosse. We have a hookup if he ever wants to do whatever. that. You know that he could in, he could intern for Matthew Piscarich. If you're worth ten million dollars, just get into coaching. It's got to be pretty fun. We're broadcasting. People will like you. Well, that doesn't pay as well as coaching. Coaching nah. actually pays a little. Something. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think he needs it for the. He does need the money though. I mean, do something fun. Have, you know, enjoy your life. Next email is addressed specifically to you, so I will not be answering this one. <laughs> 
Hello, Dave. Congrats on your boy McKinnon finally being the guy. Are we talking every week flex for J-Mac now? That is Jimmy and Unadilla, Nebraska, or Unadilla, Nebraska. I don't know. Fifth-year breakout, fourth-year breakout? I don't know. Uh, McKinnon McKinnon looked outstanding. Contract year, too. Think about this, though. He had like a 50, was it a 58 touchdown run? Yeah, where they couldn't catch him, but it was a huge hole. Yeah. Um, So that was a lot of his production. Still had a 20-point week. He was the number three running back in FFPC scoring this week. Sure. Uh, So he looked very good. And uh, this Minnesota offensive line keeps blocking better than I think it's going to. Jarek McKinnon, Dave, made Latavius Murray irrelevant for one week. Can he hold him off? Can he keep putting up these numbers uh, the rest of the season? I think he can hold them off. I, don't, I think that the 58-yard touchdown you know, was a bit of an anomaly. McKinnon has not shown the, like, a natural instinct for running the football. So if he you – know, I don't know. I think if you give him the opportunity, I really think he can score fantasy points. I guarantee he can score fantasy points. I just hope he can actually show the propensity to run the ball and get four and a half, five yards of carry uh, without just you – know, sometimes he would just you know, kind of make juke around a little bit and then get blasted for a two-yard loss. I just want, I don't want to see those Billy Sims-type moves. Yeah. He felt the Billy Sims-type 60-yard touchdowns all the time. I was surprised when I was looking at Kentucky waivers this week. He was actually owned in pretty much all my leagues except for, I think, one. Yeah, it wasn't many. Not, wasn't so I, many. I'm sure he was owned in most of the FFPC main events and sure. most of the football guys' leagues. So, you know, kudos to you if you picked him up. Uh, There's probably a lot of Dalvin Cook owners that were all over him and investing some yeah, good money into him. I think so. I mean, people were picking up Murray and McKinnon just because they think Murray sucks, which is which should have been what they thought. Yeah, yeah. Curry, just, Murray does suck. David Hubbard on the, on the slowdown last week was talking about how he actually liked Latavius Murray, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'm wrong about Murray. <laughs> this is the guy I gave up for a, a song. In um, in Dynasty, and uh, uh, I was, you know, maybe I was wrong. I, well, certainly he didn't. He did not he, look great. He's never had like, I mean, what has he had? One half decent year. I think he might still be having problems with that ankle that he hurt last year in Oakland, which is really bad because that can be a career ender for a back like him. Hey, he's the Eifert of running backs. Final email tonight, Mike in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Can we actually predict a good week for a Patriots running back this week? With Tom, sure, we with, just don't know which one. <laughs> Sorry. With Tom Brady's bad wing and the fact that New England should be rolling over the Jets, is this a big Gillisley game? Have a great weekend. That is Mike in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Mike, thank That's you for the email. Actually. Okay. He's making an assumption that they're going to roll over the Jets. I don't think they're going to roll over the Jets. Double digit favorites? I think that the Jets have a very good shot to cover. Okay, fine. But you can lose by nine and still cover. Yeah, but they're not rolling over the Jets. They're not going to paste them if you put it in those terms. All right, I'm I'm trying to frame this uh, for a, a board bet here. All right, let's go. So I'll, I, I'll just take the Jets against the spread. You can take the Patriots. Well, no, I wanted to bring in the Steelers pasting um, that you were talking about. <laughs> I which I don't even know. I don't even know the spread on that. All right, how about this? Uh, I think that one's four and a half. It was four and a half. How about yeah, this? That's a I'll, let's do a two teamer. I'll take I'll take the Chiefs and the Jets, and you can have the other two. You can have the Patriots and the Steelers. Whatever whatever the game goes off at on Sunday. Yeah, the closing line. I don't want to just have this. The closing all... line, and then if I win both, then I win five bucks. And if you win both, you win five. Otherwise, it's a push. Okay. Here's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> Losing both? No, no, no. Well, obviously, I'm afraid. Here's what I'm afraid of. We can go five bucks on each one. That Tom Brady is questionable on Friday. No, he just just listen. It. Just listen to this. Just listen to this. Yeah. Here okay. Comes... We, know, we know the Patriots and Jets history, right? They always love to rub each other the wrong wrong way. Freezing. Show's getting off the rails here. (laughs) I saw Will Ty, by the way, on a side note. Will Ty was um, spotted in New England. The free agent tight end guy. Who just got cut by the Jets. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Maybe you have the playbook still. <laughs> what what if what if uh, what if Belichick's like, look, Brady, we need you later on. You're a 40 year old man. We don't need you to beat the Jets. He's probable, even though it's not even allowed. No, he can, did, did, what? That's not that's not an official that's NFL course, injury report. Not. He he just sits out this game. Garoppolo comes in, <laughs> okay, and the Jets somehow hang with the Pats. Garoppolo doesn't play well. Yes, I know this is probably not going to happen. That's what I'm afraid of. Like, do you read into your wife's comments like this? I mean, because like she says like one innocuous thing, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. Psychoanalyze. Yeah, I have to. Good God. Yeah, we don't have a good marriage. No, I'm uh, just kidding. We have a great marriage. <laughs> okay, so what are you proposing here? We just do two separate bets. Yeah, sure. Two separate against the spread bet. <laughs> and whatever they go off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Whatever they go, off, whatever the closing bets are on scores and odds. On scores and odds. Yep, that's I'll, fine. I'll take the Jets currently plus nine, and then I'll take the uh, Chiefs minus. I think it's four and a half. Okay, so I have the Steelers plus. This is plus four and a half. This is total BS, by the way, because you said they'd paste them, and I'm just giving you the odds. Well, that'd be the correct betting. No, no, no. That's fine. Jeez, what do you want to give you like? So that? on the Steelers, I have five on it. I got five on all right, and then uh, on the Jets, I have <laughs> what are, whatever they are, whatever they close on, up. Uh, the Patriots minus nine. And I... Somebody's life is about to change with these, all these wagers they're making this week, Dave. You know, we should bring up Aces Rebels has a question here. Where's the judicial ruling that has been rumored to be coming out in the past week for ten week to ten days uh, regarding his yeah. it and whether or not the injunction will stay in place or not? I don't know. No one's talking about no it. No one's talking well, You know what we're talking about now. No, well, here's, here's the only updates I've seen on it. Yeah, we're still waiting on this. No word. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no news to report. Yeah, I know. Right? I don't know where, but this is the NFL. I just, I don't, I don't fully, res- I don't fully expect a fast resolution on anything, yeah. okay, in the NFL. They're too busy sending out memos about the national anthem to actually take care of something like this. Understood. Yeah, yeah it's just ridiculous. No, uh, so to answer the question... I don't know where the judicial ruling is. Uh, I would bet that it is not near as close to coming as a lot of people may think it is. Yeah. I think we're quite a ways away from it. So. The lawyers and judges are so lazy. That's such a nice life. You know, there's a lot they of lawyers that, that play FFPC. They don't I don't do want to put there. this on the show. I'm not lawyers, not all lawyers. But I mean, a lot yeah, of, not the ones that play high stake right. fantasy football. They're saying, okay. you know, the judges, they is, actually is, get stuff done. What are they doing? What, what is the judge doing? Nothing. He's just sitting there. Oh, you know, write this up. I don't I mean, know. It's a, a paralegal right right up the thing. Like, hey, say a bunch of this stuff and this stuff and look it up and then just write a bunch of gibberish and I'll I'll have somebody clean it up. I don't want to throw um, lawyers and judges under the bus. I think I feel like <laughs> they they make this cursory phone call once a week to Roger Goodell. Like, hey, Roger, uh, just uh, let me know when you uh, you're ready to you know give me this information I need to, to go ahead and, you know, <laughs> file this injunction or the, or the reversal of the injunction or, or what have you. Uh, and Goodell's like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. He's like, I'll get on that conjunction function soon. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the president's <laughs> on my ass about this national anthem thing. <laughs> I sort of got to have priorities. Here. We have our internal lawyers crafting some wording on what we're going to say yeah. to the players union. Right, exactly. You know, DeMarie Smith is like up in the club, like living it up. Like, ah, oh, this is great, guys. <laughs> Wait till we get to the next collective bargaining agreement. This is, this is amazing. It's like, uh, hey, Ezekiel, let's do a shot. <laughs> We're going to get 64% of revenues instead of 60. We're going to be handed a whole lot of slander suits after this show airs. 
Uh, that's going to do it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Matthew Piscarich, uh, the FPC leader, uh, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, you, Dave, thanks for doing the show on a Wednesday for my commitment that I have on Friday. Thanks to everybody who is listening. What are you doing? And uh, it's my in-laws' uh, 40th wedding anniversary. So there's, a big, the love of God. there's a big soiree planned uh, Friday night that I have to attend. Man, come on. Uh, Nelson Verbit, our good friend Nelson Verbit, former co-host of this show, and David Hubbard will be on the uh, High Stakes Lowdown next week. Uh, look for that on Thursday. Look for the Darren Summer Nelson Sousa episode that is coming out Thursday morning, tomorrow morning. Rotoviz.com slash podcast. You will not be back next Friday. I believe you are gone. Special co-host next Friday with yours truly. Yes. So and, yes. Well, you will be gone next Friday. I'm gone this Friday. At least we got the show in. Uh, good luck in week six, everyone. Hopefully the ball is bouncing away. And uh, good luck with those bids. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. I think there's three catchphrases this show has um, come up with. Four, if you want to include, I got five on it, which yep. I'm not. Go ahead. Get your guys. Yikes. Greetings and salutations, and your weekend starts now. Hopefully the balls bounce your way. It's, it's <laughs> getting to be one of them that's right up there. Uh, They're no worse than the other three. <laughs> that's, well, that's a matter of interpretation. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week.